0: Good morning, and welcome to Everything HR Live Owner-to-Owner Podcast. My name is Felicia Harris. I am the principal owner of Everything HR and Everything HR Financial Services. Welcome to our Owner-to-Owner Podcast. These podcasts are designed for managers and for owners. Now, you already know, owning or manage a company, it is already, it's complex. There are a zillion, million parts. And when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge keeping all running smoothly. That's where everything HR come in. We do one thing, and that's HR. We are human capital experts. We are problem solvers. We make things simpler so that you as business owners and managers can continue to do the things that actually drive revenue for you. This podcast will provide you with the latest HR trends, whether you only do business in your home state or across the United States. You'll be able to call in and talk to HR professionals about the issues that keep you up at night. And that's what we heard to do today. Our first session is about why new hires quit before they ever even start. And so what we're going to discuss today is basically the recruitment process, the onboarding, the orientation process, and how you can keep a new hire engaged. Now, I actually have the the privilege of being able to speak at different sessions concerning HR consulting across the country. And one of the main thing that I tell business owners is that when you have a new recruit or a new employee coming into your organization, many times you have to set the tone. And it's up to you as the business owner or the leader of that organization to do just that. And that does not start when you actually have someone come into your, your organization for an interview. It actually starts in the beginning when you're actually posting that position or that job. And what you have to do is establish the culture. What culture do you want to them to actually be in? Do you want them to be in a culture where it's one that's Collaborating? Do you want them to be in a culture where it's more of an individualist? Well, basically, you know, everyone have their own jobs and they're in, basically they're in silos. But you get to establish that. You get to establish whether if it's going to be a growth opportunity. You want a culture, accept that tone for your culture, for your organization, there with recruits and your, your current employees that actually work there within your organization. You can do that. You're in through your job description. Your job description should discriminate or actually describe, I should say, what it is that you actually do. What does your firm do? Because you're competing with others that are out there in the job market. We have already heard and seen that there's a shortage, even though a lot of economists expect that shortage to clear up. We really want to be able to set your company apart, differentiate yourself from your competitors as well as others so that you're able to entice them. You want to make this your employee value proposition, okay? One of the things that I do when I'm talking to business owners or managers, especially if they're a small business, and that's what a lot of these podcasts are designed for, for those small businesses that feel like you're on an island, and it's very easy for us to do to feel as if we don't know where to go we don't know what questions to ask and that's what this podcast is designed for to give you that opportunity to hear from other business owners that have walked in your shoes and we're able to discuss the things that keep us up at night and that we're trying to do because we wear a lot of different hats and so what i would like to do is is i'd like to talk to them about when they have a recruit coming in the worst thing that you could do is have that person come in to your office after you've hired them and have them fill out paperwork, okay? That is the wrong tone for you to set for a recruit because the moment that you have that recruit filling out paperwork, you've sent them the message that the job that you've hired them for is not important because you've just paid them to spend the day filling out paperwork and not to do the job in which you've asked them to do and what you've hired them to do, and what you expect for them to do. You've now degraded that by them filling out and sitting there and filling out paperwork. All of those things should actually be done ahead of time, way before they start, where they get the opportunity to take a look at their paperwork. They get the opportunity to actually complete it correctly. And better yet, there are so many systems that are out there that's called an applicant tracking system. You see it whether if you're in Indeed, Indeed operates off an applicant tracking system. If you're in LinkedIn, it operates off an applicant tracking system. If you want something a little bit more robust, we have a proprietary applicant tracking system that's inside of our our human resource information system. Therefore, you call everything HR, information system. And so you're able to actually manage your recruits through that process. Recruits can actually apply for your position. Recruits can also go through and track where they're at in the, the applicant process, schedule the interview. You can do a download assessments. All of those things your competitors and your larger corporations already have. And that helps establish the relationship with your new hire right on the onset. And so you no longer have to worry about what they think about your organization because now you're setting the tone of them being more engaged. And that's what you always want to keep up is that engagement of that new hire. And so one of the turnoffs for new hires, if you not do not appeal that everything is in top shape and everything you have everything running smoothly and everything is organized will keep that employee that new hire engaged and if you do not that new hire that's one of the things in the back of their mind they've already quit immediately they've quit and so you want to be able to to let them know establish a relationship with them that you've this is your culture your culture is one where you have the technology to support them from the recruitment process all the way through to retirement or whatever stage that they're at throughout their employment cycle. Um, The other thing that I would like to bring up is why new hires quit before they start is that you really have not relayed the position or the job to them effectively. You haven't set the expectations One of the vital things that I see that go wrong there within the relationship between the employer and a new hire is that the expectation has not really been set as to what's expected of them. As you know, regardless of the size of your business or how long you've been in business, things evolve. And the beauty about being a small business, we can adapt much faster, and I'm quite sure All of you that are small business owners, you know how much or how often we're constantly reinventing ourselves and how much we are able to change on a dime. And that's where we have the advantage over our larger counterparts because they don't. They have more processes that they have to go through and things they have to get done. And you have to, with a new hire and even your internal employees, you have to set that tone that they have to move just as fast as you're moving in order to accommodate the change that the market is demanding that you do and that you make. And so you have to be able to relay that to that new hire because if some people, new hires or whoever, some people are not very good at change, and change is a very natural thing. There's always going to be change. If we take a look at the companies that have avoided and and, and stood against changing because they thought it was just going to be a fad or they thought that it was something that's not going to last or the market was not demanding it, a lot of those companies are no longer in existence right now. So that's why we see companies can be in business for over 100 years, and all of a sudden, they're totally irrelevant because they didn't keep up with the times. And so you have to relate to new hires and your current employees that they have to be willing to change. They can't get stuck in one place. If they are uncomfortable with it, that's fine. That's okay. They're just not the employee for you, and that's okay because it works on both sides. Okay? So don't be afraid to set forth the expectations. Let them know how you like things presented to your, your customer base explain to them that, yes, you may have spelled out all the the duties and essential functions of the position, but that things are subject to change. And sometimes if you're a small company, at times, everybody's doing everything and everyone has to pitch in as a team player. And so what we want to do is make sure that as a team player, they're okay with that. And if they're not, then that's okay for both of you. It's it's very good to get all of these things set up and out there in the forefront. One of the other things that I see with new hires is that they never really get involved or adopt your philosophy because they don't know your philosophy. They don't know what the mission or vision or goals is of the company and what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish. And one of the wonderful things that, as a small business owner that you can do, find a way to communicate that. We understand it when there are larger companies and larger organizations that they have an intranet. Well, as a small company, it's very easy for you to establish your way of communicating to your staff or a new hire what you're trying to do, your mission and your vision and your goals. Some of it may be through meetings, others may be through your own internal intranet that you may establish. Again, going back to the human resource information systems, a lot of them have that uh, right there inside. If you're a Microsoft user, you also get that within Microsoft. The 365 is a very easy way to establish that too, where you have the intranet too as well. And so just make sure that you're keeping them on board and communicating. Now, I know as a small business owner, there are a lot of moving parts. And as I stated before, we move in a lot of different directions. And so you have to find the way that fits just for you and for your organization so that everybody stays a breath. But at that same time, you need to make sure that they have a way of asking you questions. Now, We are moving all the time, so they have to get their question and everything out there to you, even though we are moving on a consistent and constant basis. So establish that, and that also will help um, new hires get actually more integrated into your organization, too, as well. Now, the biggie that most people talk about as far as what they would think is why new hires quit before they start. For some, they immediately go to pay and say pay is the number one thing that blind new hires quit before they start. Well, I actually would like to turn that around and investigate that a little bit. Because if you advertise the pay or put the pay out there on the application initially, and if you went through a proper interview process with that applicant and you discussed the compensation, and how whatever benefits you may be offering along with that compensation, it's highly unlikely that that person would have accepted that position if that pay was not acceptable in the beginning. And so sometimes they may be accepting it for the moment until something else comes along. And that's just a risk that every employer takes, irregardless as to how much the compensation might be. And so I would like to basically if you end up with someone that that says pay is the issue, understand it's always going to be an issue. If you pay them whatever the market demands that's on there or for their position at this present time based on their skill set and understanding Some people don't really evaluate their skill set for really where they're at here today, not for what they aspire to be, but where they're at presently today, what you have to work with presently today. If you have an applicant that comes and say, you know, I can do X, Y, Z, and I'm the greatest thing that, that can do it. There's no one better than me. And awesome. But does that align? Go back to the culture you're trying to create. Does that align with your mission, your vision, and the goal as to where you're trying to take the company? If it does and they have that skill set, then yes, the compensation should align with that. But if it does not, then no, the compensation should not align with that. And you, it's up to you as the leader, as the manager or the owner, to relay that to that individual. And that it's at that point, it's the, the, the decision of that new hire to decide to accept that position or to move on to the next position. Now, what you can do if they decide to accept it, you can decide to let them know you're willing to work with them to get them to that level that they desire to be at, and you're willing to set out some type of performance review structure. So that these are the things that they know in order for you to get from here to here, these are the things that I need for you to do. And the two of you can plan out that path together, okay? But it can't be, you know, I've had it where I've asked individuals, and I'll do this a lot, I'll ask individuals to to share with me, what do you want your compensation to be? And what are you willing to do? And the reason why I do that as a business owner, I want to see their mindset. I want to see, are they focused on themselves? Are they focused on growing the business, which is where you're at? You're looking at expanding and growing your business and taking your business to the next level. If they give me back everything that has only to do with them and what they're willing to do, and if I line that up with their job description, that lets me know they're just for self. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a time when there's about you expanding and growing your business and taking it to the next level. And it lets you know who's a team player and who's not. Because if the business, the concept should be as the business grows, increases and expands so should that person grow and expand and that their compensation and everything else should go along with that and so that's one aspect of pay the other aspect of pay is the beginning of the year it's January w-2s are being prepared it's the compensation statement Unless you're a small business owner and you've worked in the corporate world, then you've received a compensation statement before. But if you're in a small company and you've not really had that opportunity to experience or know what a compensation statement is, what it is, it's something that actually shows not just the W-2 earnings because that's what employees think that they receive. That's all that they think that your expenses toward them is is just what they receive on their W-2. That's not true. You and I know that there are a lot more that you actually pay for that employee. The taxes that they see that come out of their paycheck, they don't understand that you pay that too. What they don't see on that is that they have the workman's comp that's on top of that, that you pay. They don't pay. What they also don't see is that there's liability insurance that you have to pay on them that that's not included in their paycheck. What they also don't see, if you offer benefits, the portion of their benefits that you pay that's not included in their paycheck. And so a compensation statement gives them a full scope or the ability to see what your expenses are for that person that one individual person that goes beyond that W-2 and it establishes more worth to let them know, this is what you're investing in them. It goes way beyond the W-2 compensation that you're providing there for them. Okay. The other aspect of pay, when there is a new hire and you sit down with them, there's nothing wrong with doing an assessment of that new hire you're able to assess that new hire skill set. You're able to assess their behavioral traits too as well. We call them behavioral interviews there for a new hire. Because you want to see do they fit. And you're able to see what they're motivated by. If they're motivated by compensation only, you can see that. That would come out inside of that assessment. And and I don't w I want to make sure that you understand, I'm not saying being driven by compensation is bad. It is not. For some industries, it's a wonderful thing. The industry I came out of, it's a wonderful thing to be driven by compensation. And so that's not a bad thing. For some industries, it might not work out that well because it can lead to ethical problems. Okay, that's another side of the industry that I came out of. So there has to be a balance. And it should be involved in all industries, really. There needs to be a balance because whatever industry you're in, there should be some ethical communication going on between your employees and yourself, and that's overall for your company because we want to make sure at the end of the day, it's the customer that's getting a quality product and service. We want to to have the customer as being the one that we value the most. And with doing putting the customer first, that means we're are taking care of the foundation of the business. Because when we take care of the foundation of the business, the foundation of the business is built by how our, our brand, what we're known by. Are we known by making sure that we're gonna take care of the customer no matter what? And no matter what the cost is, no matter what our time is, the customer is going to be taken care of and that they're going to receive a product or service that adds value to them. And so we want to make sure that all of that is covered there with the new hire and your existing employees too as well. And so if you have any questions concerning any of that, be sure to go ahead and dial in and to let us know. What are your questions? I believe I have some employees that are also on the line. If you have questions that that your owners have assigned you to actually call in, call in. I am more than willing to answer your questions and to hear what's on your mind too today as well. One of the other reasons that new hires quit before they start is that we call it a buddy system. They've never really had the opportunity to establish a relationship with anyone there in the office and or in your organization. And so what you'll find a lot of statistics that are out there that state that when an individual is able to establish and build up on relationships, they're more likely to actually stay with your organization because now they feel apart. They have someone that they can go to. Sometimes it's in a mentor capacity or coaching capacity, or other times it's just a support system that they are able to form together. And so make sure you're able to create an environment where they're able to actually establish that. We know that in a lot of workplaces, we've actually set up our offices in a collaborative environment. Minds is that way because there's so much information sharing and, and because we cover All 50 states, they're providing HR services. They're two businesses and organizations. There are employment laws that are changing. They're different from every state and every municipality. And so we have to be in an environment where we're able to share that information very easily with each other and talk it out. And so um, a collaborative space works for us. For others, a collaborative space may not work as much. And so... You may have to work a little bit at establishing the ability for others to build relationships and establish relationship. Your relationship with a new hire it's no different than with a brand new customer. You ha- it takes time and you have to work on building it. I know of a lot of employees that will stay with an organization because of the relationship, and they're there for years. And so relationships are very important that you're able to establish those. Those relationships, though, as a manager or as an owner, you want to make sure that they're healthy relationships, though, because, again, to go back to the environment and the culture, we want to make sure that we don't have create a toxic environment. You never want a new hire or an employee that – sets up a toxic environment, and what I mean by that, if it's one that is contrary to the beliefs of your company or the direction you're trying to take your company, and you have an individual there that has just become toxic and cancer that can very easily spread throughout and bring your organization down, that has to stop. That's totally unacceptable because that will filter out. And, and our, our main goal is, is establishing and putting the company first. That's not good for the company, irregardless of their skill set or their abilities. That's not something that's ever acceptable in a business. I know that we work with a number of different companies that as we go in and we understand and we see that that's what's going on. And it sometimes for us, We have to work with that owner or that manager to let them know, this is your problem. This is your problem in your organization. And this person, we can talk with them, and everybody deserves the opportunity to correct things and should be made aware of things, but if they do not correct it... You have to basically end that relationship for your new hires to be able to come in there and survive, because that is very much a turnoff to a new hire. To walk into a toxic environment that they know is not in the best interest of the business, their mindset go to, I don't want to be involved with an organization that's willing to accept that kind of behavior or that kind of attitude or where what where there are individuals that are doing things that are contrary to the mission and vision and goals that you've established and set for them and told them that what your expectations are and so you have to be able to say to do something about that organizations that have followed our advice and they have done that the moment that those individuals are gone Literally, other employees will come and say, oh, my God, I feel so much better working here. Oh, my God, you can't believe how much better I feel coming to work and leaving. It has always ended up in praise from other employees and, in some cases, from customers, from customers who knew that this individual or this employee was a problem, but they never wanted to say anything to to the company. And so understand if you see it and you know it, know that others are aware of it, too. Others that work there, that they don't want to say anything, but they know that this person is the problem in your organization. And so does a new hire. A new hire is a wonderful, wonderful measure or barometer, I should say, of the environment that you've created. A new hire is... If they're a really good new hire and they're coming in with no preconceived notions or anything like that or baggage of their own, they are a very good way to take a, a, a survey of your company, of the culture, and be able to tell you whether or not it aligns with what you're aiming for. And that's where establishing some type of check-in with your new hire When you first sit on with them, let them know, it's okay to check in with me. It's okay sometimes we establish for our customer base and letting them know. Check in with that new hire their first week. Check in with them every two, three days and just to see how things are going and ask them if they have any questions. And then you can stretch that out after that, after their first week, and just kind of just check in and keep coming back to them and ask them, What things do they see as going right? What things do they see as going wrong? And that helps their engagement level too as well. It keeps them engaged and keeps them involved in the organization. And you want to maintain that. Engagement is everything throughout the employment cycle there. You always want to have a high engagement level. The next thing that we hear as to why new hires quit before they start Sometimes we have to understand it's just the individual. Some individuals have never tapped into their true potential. And when I say that, they may want the position, they may want the job, and feel that they can do the job. But as a small business owner, I'll go back to we are driven. I mean, it's, it's a very crazy mindset that we have. Most people say we don't mind the failures. But there are some individuals that cannot accept the failing. I'm not, I haven't arrived yet. I'm not good enough yet, but I'm working on it. Some individuals have not come to understand you learn more in your failures than you do in your successes because you know what not to do and what you're able to tweak and how we come up with this, this perfect melody as to the way you want a structure to go. And then other times, if you're like me, I'm very much a perfectionist. I see something and it can be awesome and good, but at some point I'm going to revisit it because I feel like it can be better. There has to be something that's better. So I'll go back and I'll relook at it. How can I make this even better to go even farther? And that will drive me more than anything else of making things better. But everyone is not a business owner. And we have to keep in mind, our employees are not business owners. They may not have that drive and that concept. So when you're looking at a new hire, you have to know or figure out as a manager or as the owner, where is that individual? And so obviously, that's where our own little island comes into place, because we can't share everything with them. As much as they feel that they may want to know, they may not be able to handle that or understand that or accept that. And so find out where they're at and see what it is that they can accept. A lot of times I will tell as I'm doing different seminars and managers, I'll have a relate the employer employee relationship to that of a parent and a child. There are some things as a parent, you will tell your children, but there are other things as a parent you won't. Okay. Because you don't, want them to be, number one, sometimes concerned about it, or number two, you understand it's not something in their wheelhouse that they're able to assist you with at this time. Maybe later in the employment relationship they'll be able to do it, but for right now, that's not the case. One of the ways that you can establish a relationship with a new hire is to Ask that individual to take a look at your employee handbook, which really should represent or create your employee value proposition or at least be able to tell them what it is. Give that to them ahead of time to take a look at. Now, we know a lot of individuals do not read their employee handbooks, okay, which is an issue because we give it to them. We just want that little form signed back from them, and that says that they've read it and received it and all of that wonderful stuff and that they agree with it, but we have not actually had them where they are, they understand it or are able to ask questions from it. And so what we would like to do is give them the ability to absorb it and don't hesitate to actually point out the pages that you want them to read. Some organizations will have different areas in the employee handbook that you want them to initial because you want them to actually have read those sections. So when it comes to your business, if there's something in that handbook that's of importance to you, make sure you do the same. There's nothing wrong with adopting that. There's also for some organizations that we will recommend for them while they are having if they are having some issues in there, is is during their meetings at different time frames, pull out different things in your employee handbook and talk about that inside of a meeting so that others will be able to ask questions. We do know if you don't keep a thing in front of an employee or different employees there within your organization, they don't know it. So repetition is very good, and reiterating your position on different things is a really good thing. The other thing that I would highly recommend is after you give that new hire your employee handbook, ask them if they have any questions or is there anything that you're able to clear up for them. And so give them opportunity to be open. It's okay to become vulnerable. Even ask them if they have any suggestions because now what that shows them, it tells them that you're willing to listen to them, you're willing to hear them out, and that you're in in the part of, of taking this company to the next level involves everyone in your organization, irregardless of their position. And so it's okay to do that with a new hire because we're going to go back to it establishes that culture that they're coming and walking into uh, that you really want to be a part of. The next thing that I highly recommend for a new hire to keep them engaged and to discuss with them your organization is to have a well-defined orientation process. Okay, now... I understand you may not have only one or two employees. You may not have 100 or 50 or 200 or the 10,000. You still want some type of orientation process to get them to know your organization, okay? It may not be something that's very formal, but in this day and time with the technology that we have, you can do something very easily and very simply. You can make a recording um, there introduce them to the different vast departments of your organization or facets of your organization, so that they have a clear understanding. The wonderful thing about recording it on a video, be it from your cell phone or if you have a video camera or something of that nature, all of your new hires are getting all of the same information. So you don't have one new hire that says, "Well, I they told me this. Well, this one didn't tell me that." So now you have consistency and everyone's getting all of the same information. And it doesn't have to be something that's very long. It could be five minutes, ten minutes, or even less, just so long as it's an introduction to them. Tell them what, where where they can go if they have questions that they, they need to have addressed or which people to, to talk to or discuss things with. Tell them about the history of your company. How did your company come about? What inspired you to start that organization? And provide them with the value that they bring and that they're adding to your organization. So orientations can be a very powerful thing. And it's not just for those in the beginning when they start. It's also about retention. There are tons of studies that are out there that actually talk about when you have a orientation process that is very thorough and explains your culture and explains your business that it increases your retention rate with new hires as well as with existing employees. And that's what we want to do. We want to always increase our retention rate because what? We'll go back to, that's our bottom line. That's our bottom line. And we always want to monitor our bottom line. Hi, Felicia. Hi. Hi. This is Marilyn. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I, was, I did have a question, and I want to know, okay. what do you do in a situation where you have a new hire and you have them ready to start, but their current employer counteroffered them to stay? Mm-hmm. How should the new employer handle that situation? Well, that's a really good question. And the, this is one of those areas where you have to realize you never want to get into a bidding war. Okay, because this goes back to the compensation and the wages area. If you get into a bidding war, that's going to always go on and be in in the back of that employee's mind that, you know what, I can always end up saying, here's another offer. Are you going to match it? So you as an employer, you have to determine is their skill set is where you need it in order to Take your business in a direction that you're looking for. And is their current compensation in what you're offering them or what you're providing to them is at the market rate? And then you have to determine from there what the value is. Are you going to match it or are you going to stay the same? Because uh, realize, and, and this is something that it's a human nature for everyone to feel, I'm irreplaceable, I'm irreplaceable. That's not true. That's not true. So as a business owner, you have to keep in mind that those individuals were not there when you came up with the concept of your business. And so you can't be afraid to either not match it, or if you feel like they will add value, match it. It's okay with that. But if it boils down to what value do they bring to your organization? Never look at the mindset that you're going to lose that talent. Does that answer your question, Marilyn? Yes, it does. Thank you. You're welcome. And so along those lines, what we have to make certain that we do on a, a continuous basis there, as, as Marilyn stated, that's going to happen And, you know, right now in this job market, which is loosening up, I started out saying earlier, we have economic indications that January employment numbers, when they come out in February, they're always lagging 30 days behind. January numbers, there should not be very much difference that's on there, but February numbers, there will see an uptick in the number of unemployments because there are layoffs that are expected to take place from the February, March, and April, section that's there. So this tight job market that we have been in and experiencing, that is expected to actually loosen up. And so do understand that it may not be as difficult as you may think to find talent in the next coming months. But with that in mind, that also says for us as HR people, we have been gearing up for this downturn because Our economy goes in cycles, and we understand HR is the first place that actually gets hit or encounter that is on our side, and so we have to prepare the entire organization as well as ourselves. HR departments also experience the cuts and different things; they're not excluded from any other department or any other area, and so we gear up for those type of things there to prepare the organization because. Obviously, we'll go back to the main goal is making sure that the organization stays viable and that the organization's foundation is secure. We talked about, now just to recap briefly, we talked about assessing the employees. We talked about the orientation of the employees. We've talked about... Your onboarding process of the employees, and then when I say onboarding, we're going back to they should not be filling out the paperwork their, their first day of work. We talked about you setting the culture, and that's an ongoing thing. If, if you've noticed throughout the entire process, we've talked about the culture, you as the owner or manager, making sure that that culture is protected and established is a very primary focus throughout the organization and the relationship you have with new hires as well as with current employees. The other thing that um, we've talked about, compensation, there a lot on that side too as well. Going back to address Marilyn's question a little bit too as well and going back to the compensation Um, side of and why new hires quit. If you do have a new hire that does quit, you should always, always have a pipeline full of applicants that you're able to call upon. And they don't necessarily have to quit, but life happens to everyone. And if you are a small business you're not excluded from that. And so it's more important for you to make sure that you have a pipeline that's set and ready to go because you do not want your business to be stopped or create a stoppage in your business or there to be a problem with you delivering your product or service there to your customer base. And so your your market should not be affected at all by any type of, departure be it from a new hire or an existing employee and so where you recruit is very important there are certain areas or places I shy away from especially those areas where you have individuals that just apply just to be applying for a position and you have a large number of no-shows and things like that I kind of stay away from those areas of recruiting that's those are not places or anywhere where I actually will recruit from at all. And so be thoughtful and strategic in your recruitment process because you really want to make sure that you recruit individuals that are serious, that they're serious about the position, that they're serious about the job that they're applying for, and that they really want to become a part of your organization. I would love to be able to hear some of your thoughts. So make sure that you connect with us on our social media channels. There on LinkedIn, please link up with us as a company it's under on LinkedIn is Everything HR, and link up with me under Felicia Harris, as well as on our Twitter feed at Everything HR One. And as well as for myself, on my personal Twitter is Felicia G. Harris, HR, or Felicia Harris, excuse me, Felicia Harris, HR, is so that you can get the opportunity to see the different things that we're doing. We have a lot of resources out there. I am a huge advocate, especially for small and medium-sized businesses when it comes to HR, because There is no formal class out there for you to take. I am always out there trying to explain to various regulators that we we interact with on a daily basis that you as a business owner, you know your craft, okay? Your product or service is what made you start this business. No one taught you about the employment regulations that go along with that. And with that being said, I'm always there telling them, you never tell them they're responsible for this or they're required to do this or they're required to do that. There's no formal class there for employers or managers to go to in order to know what's expected of them. And so... We try to provide those resources. Visit our website at everythinghr.net. Click on that resource tab. There's always information that's there for you to glean from and to take. We have a section on our website that talks about ask an expert. Shoot us an email regarding your questions or concerns or schedule a complimentary consultation with us. We do offer that to first-time users, and so you're able to do that too as well. But we're here to support you. I feel your pain as a business owner. I think one of the main things or or huge revelations that I had on last year was as a HR business owner, I'm not excluded from any of the issues or some issues and concerns that you may have or deal with in your business. I've been there, too, maybe not some of the same, but that's a rude awakening for you to say, I'm an HR company. I shouldn't experience HR problems. Well, you know what? I'm not excluded. I'm a business owner, the same as you. And that was a huge revelation for me. As as enlightening as it was and shocking as it was, it's not. But it's how we react in it. Do we take control of it? Do we we go back and like, whoa, put a stop here. We can't do that. We don't do that. We're HR. Okay. And those things that need to be eliminated, we eliminate because we can't move forward. And there's one thing that I feel that, you know, me personally is unacceptable. I, you know, we can't be hypocritical. So if you're going to be HR, you have to be HR. And so those that that's my tone that's my culture those are my expectations for my organization and you have to do the same for yours and with yours what are, what is your culture what are your expectations are they known throughout your organization okay because no one is excluded and if you find an hr company that says they don't have employee issues Do not accept their products or services because no organization is excluded from it, irregardless as to where it's at. And it doesn't matter about your size because we do also service larger corporations and organizations in supporting their existing HR departments. And guess what? They have the same issues. And that's what I had to actually remind myself of when I had issues and things that I needed to deal with within my own organization, is that I'm not excluded, I'm not exceptional, or exempt from any of that. And that's what you have to understand. And this podcast is just about that, giving you an outlet to giving you the opportunity where you can discuss those things and hear from other business owners, what are the challenges that they are experiencing? Because some of us have been in those shoes. Some of us know how to navigate those waters. And so we want to be very cognizant of our environment and what we're doing and how we're doing that. I do invite you to take a look at our other podcast that's coming up. We'll be right back here with you on next week. Same time, same place. Feel free to call in. You can email your questions in. There's a place on our website where you're able to sign up and register for it where you can ask your questions ahead of time. I do know on we have one coming up talking about millennials and why they are stressed out. We have one coming up as well with Littler. We will have their employment attorneys um, going back to me being a huge advocate for small business owners and medium-sized businesses knowing that you do not have an internal employment um, department or an, a, a department of attorneys that you're able to actually talk to or go to to ask your questions and your concerns this is your opportunity we will have three littler attorneys that will be on the podcast it's the last wednesday of this month i believe it's the 31st and they will be here to take your questions and your concern littler is the largest employment law firm in the country they have offices in all 50 states and they have international offices And so they're able to answer your questions, whether you have interstate questions or you have outer state or international questions regarding establishing a company or employment relationship with them, an employee and what things are needed, they will be able to address your questions and your concerns. And guess what? You get to do it on a basis whereas you now have direct advice from someone that are able to assist you on that side, because we are very quick to tell you, we are not employment attorneys. We're HR professionals. And when it gets to the point where you need legal assistance, we will tell you that. And so that's why when we have a new client relationship, we assign you to an employment attorney. You don't necessarily have to use them, but we let you know, that they are there for you to utilize, if the need so be, you know, come come about. We want to, we try to pair it up. I, I very much vet the relationships that I establish for my client base, because my client base is very valuable to me. And with that being in mind, I want to make sure that you're taken care of, because we become a strategic partner with you. We, we become a client of ours. And so... I want to make sure this isn't a law firm that's going to take care of you or or look at you as being from a billable rate standpoint and they're not really trying to solve the problem. Those relationships I cut off and I have cut some of them off. The moment that it becomes clear to me that they're not an advocate for you, they're looking at you from a billable hour standpoint, I shut those relationships down because my goal and and take it as being part of who I am having a, being a finance person, as well as an HR person, I'm always mindful of protecting the bottom line. What's in the interest of the company? Because the companies always have to come first. And I will take it a step further. And when I I cut off those relationships, I let them know why I'm cutting. We've come to a close. And so I really want to thank you for joining us today. Please feel free to share it with your friends thank you very much have a great day and a great week and happy new year to you may it be one that's of prosperity for you and for the business and your employees have a great day